You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. I'm feeling the woman power vibe here today. And no, it's not an accident because there are none. But what I love so much about this show is I get to bring together people from different parts of my life to chime in and have a conversation. But one of the things that's kind of funny about today is so Bobby Carlton, who is the goddess behind Innovation Women, is the reason I know Lauren Conway, who co-hosts the Start of Hustle podcast. And Bobby and Lauren are meeting each other now. So I love that I met them through each other. And now they get to me and you get to meet them as well. And we also have in the mix Katie Power. So the topic today is finding your voice. So I just found like the three most awesome women voices and women who really literally and figuratively empower others to use their voice. And so get ready for a wonderful conversation. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to let my amazing guests introduce themselves to you. And Bobby, I think we're, we're going to get started with you. Now, Bobby is the head of Carlton PR and Marketing and editor-in-chief and publisher of YNS Magazine. And I know her because she runs Innovation Women, which is for, for lack of a better word, badass, empowered <laughs> women who want to spread their message far and wide. And well, I'm just... I was blessed to be on your webinar last week, and now you get to be here and play with me. So mm -hmm. welcome, Bobby. Will you please introduce yourself and tell everybody else why you're awesome? Okay. And by the way, I love the use of the word awesome, because I usually tell people that Innovation Women has 1,500 really awesome women speakers and a handful of really secure guys. So, you know, we do accept men into innovation women, but uh, I always tell the male allies uh, that uh, they perhaps might not get as many invitations as the ladies do. So uh, my day job is I run a PR and marketing firm. Uh, the night job for many years is Innovation Nights, which is a new product launch event. And then Innovation Women is the dream job. So dream of more women on stage at conferences and events. And I also indulged in a little retail therapy during the pandemic. And I bought two more companies. So Lioness Magazine, which Deb uh, already talked to you about was one. And then My Speaker Leads is another, which is a research service, particularly for professional speakers. Back to and, you, Deb. Well, and we'll go into this a little bit more later. But what what was the kernel? I mean, I think, you know, why empower women to speak? Duh, of course, because, you know, celebrate people's voices. But was there just a, an aha for you? There was a series of them uh, where because of Innovation Nights, I was being invited to so many events and I would sit in the audience and go, where are the ladies on stage? And uh, sitting in the audience, you'd be sitting next to the ladies who perhaps should have been on stage and having these conversations, which goes something like this. Why am I not invited? You don't you don't get invited all the time. You know, you apply. Right. That's how that works. No, really? So, you know, there was some education that needed to happen, but also working with event managers it soon became apparent that getting more women on stage could be a full-time job. So that's where it was born. And so, and if you had your perfect world, would this be your full-time job? Yes, it absolutely would be. Uh, right now it's my 
you know, all of my jobs are full-time jobs. So not a lot of sleep gets had. Yeah, well, well, that's what happens when you are you or that's us right. for that matter. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sensing a common theme. Uh, we need to do a quick shout out to Sue Ann for watching who said, wow, nice. And our mutual friend, Keith Spiro, who wrote, who writes, love what Innovation Nights did for the last Aww. startup, did for the startup community of Greater Boston. And we also need to shout out because Keith is the reason I know you, because he said, Deb, Bobby, you have to meet Bobby. So anyway, enough about me fangirling you in all that you do. Let, let's time jump over to Lauren Hanaway. Welcome. And so you are part of, or you are Innovate Her Casey and a co-host of the Startup Puzzle podcast. And what else? Well, so, so, I mean, honestly, with, with everything that Innovate Her KC and Startup Hustle entails, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, so Innovate Her KC, I'm founder and CEO. Uh, it is an organization that serves leaders, uh, women and individuals from marginalized gender groups. We focus on, uh, on individuals who fall in the verticals of entrepreneurship, education, uh, the arts, uh, community advocacy, civic engagement. So we're pretty industry agnostic. Um, we serve through the lens of inclusion and low barrier to entry. So we want to make it as easy as possible for leaders to access the championship and the support and the resources that we provide. And I, I, I'm actually super excited. Uh, this actually just happened yesterday, but we just hit 5,000 members. So we're, we're hope. I know it was huge. <laughs> we were going to that number to tick over and then it was just really exciting. Uh, so, so that happened uh, this week, but yeah, so, so that's innovate her KC in a nutshell. And then of course, you know, you Deb, you've been on the startup puzzle podcast to talk about the Deb method. Um, it's just a really, really awesome podcast about entrepreneurship and the trials and tribulations and successes that founders go through. Cause I think we all know that it's kind of a roller coaster, right? <laughs> Well, it is. But this is why we need our communities and our champions and our friends, because you cannot reach your goals on your own. You need your peeps. And, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we met because I applied to be on the podcast through Innovation Women. So there you go. So everything comes full circle. It's like this this little ecosystem of benefit and connection. Well, Love it. exactly. It is. And especially in this um internet interconnected world we live in now where we're we're hybrid or at home more more at home most of the time to have these opportunities to make these connections and explore our communities and build these relationships it's more important it's always been important but now you get to do it like with everyone from everywhere which is yeah. all kinds of amazing Haiti. You've been so patient. Welcome. And, and I love bringing you into the mix. And I know I got this message from you, Deb, finding your voice. I do voices. And I'm like, yes, it's about the literal speaking as well as the figurative. So I love that you're part of this conversation. So please introduce yourself. All right. Thank you. I'm Katie Power. I am the founder of Sing Without Limits Vocal Coaching, as well as the vocal method Unlimited Vocal Health, which helps people to prevent voice loss and vocal fatigue permanently. So I work with singers, actors, and speakers on uh, performance and uh, a lot of voice work uh, to make sure that they stay healthy and strong. And that message that they have to get out, whether it's through song or spoken word or performance, uh, gets out loudly and clearly and healthily. I love that you added healthily. Because that's my number one. <laughs> well, that, that's a huge thing. So, so other than the obvious reasons you want to be healthy, why is this so important? Yeah. Well, I I experienced. Um, I was on a contract more than twenty years ago as a singer on a cruise ship, and I lost my voice and had to break my contract. And breaking a contract uh, burns a bridge. It does all kinds of terrible things. But the other choice was to potentially permanently damage my voice. And so I kind of made it my mission after that to figure out not only how it happened to me, but how to make sure it never happened again. And then I became a vocal coach so that I could make sure everyone else knew that as well. And so for more than two decades, I've been helping other people not do that as well. And it's 
you know, it's, it can be expensive. It can, you know, there are singers, major recording artists that cancel big set series of shows because they can't, they lose, they b- blow out their voices and they can't go on. And it's heartbreaking to me because I've been there. And uh, so that's the, that's, a lot of my heartbeat about the vocal health piece of it. But in addition, a lot of the way that uh, singing and speaking is taught um, is not necessarily up to date and it's not with vocal health in mind. And it's very heartbreaking to me. So I have a huge passion for helping people, you know, stay strong enough in order to get what it is that they want out, out. I love that for so many reasons. Uh, The fact that you took your own trauma and turned it into a business to help others. But even without the trauma, I think this is a a thread we'll find throughout the conversation is that we are people who love what we do and we do what we do for a reason. Accurate? Correct? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's great when everybody agrees, but it's also like crickets. So let's crickets be gone. Uh, what does it mean to find your voice? Uh, and, and Katie, well, we can start with you on this one because for you, you found your voice and you found your voice, right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of the work that I do with, um, performers, singers, actors in particular is, uh, I, I have the very first piece that I take them through is a lot about identity and figuring out who you are, getting tapping into who you are at the core, because you don't want to show up inauthentically. And then we do the technical piece of the voice in order to make sure that what we're technically presenting matches what we intend for our audiences to experience. Um, I'm a, a big fan of people um showing up genuinely. And I I have experienced that when you tap into the most authentic way that you can show up and really like lean into it, uh, the more you're able to influence your audiences because they believe you more. And so we start there, even though I'm a very technical teacher, we start there. We start with who you are and really making sure that you show up a certain way and matching everything else you do to that. I saw Lauren waving and I'm guessing it's to Jessica Dalby who said, wow, I love it. And also hello to, to Gabe, who's watching as well. Talk about, you know, you're, we, we've got two male supporters, at least as far as we know, live watching this, this wonderful conversation. So you have to love it. And then I see Bobby like nodding very seriously to this. So what does it mean to you to find your voice? Because it's really, it's all the same thing, right? It's being healthy and speaking out, but I just answered the question. So you go. <laughs> I, you know, for me, a lot of the speaking engagements are not a goal unto themselves. It's what you get out of them. So for example, you know, when I am out doing speaking engagements myself, often I am speaking about innovation women and I'm speaking about other women being comfortable with sharing their story, because when they share their story, when they get on stage and they're able to tell their story, they're connecting with potential customers, they're connecting with potential partners, they are connecting with, if they are an entrepreneur, funding sources, Um, maybe they are getting in front of VCs and angel investors. If they are working for somebody else, they are potentially speaking to an audience that could contain their next employer, or if they're at a very senior level, maybe a board, somebody searching for a board member, somebody who needs them to be on that board. And, you know, my God, let's talk about pay equity. If you are uncomfortable with public speaking, if you are noticeably nervous about public speaking, You are actually like, there's data out there that says you will be earning less. So while there are great benefits for public speaking, where you're getting paid for public speaking, you also want to make sure that you're comfortable with public speaking because people who aren't get paid less. So that's never a good idea. 
right? So, you know, I want people to be comfortable with public speaking so we can fix the gender equity on stage. Two thirds of all conference speakers are men, which means that there are a lot of catching up to do on the women's side so that we can get all that great funding. Yeah. I mean, Lauren, I bet you know about the less than 3% of venture money goes to women founded companies. Yeah. It's like 2.2%. And then the numbers get even more dismal when you start to think about intersectional identities, you know, when we're talking women of color, when we're talking LGBTQIA women, it's just dismal. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so, a lot, I mean, a lot of the work, Bobby, I know that you're invested in this. I'm invested in it. Like everybody on this call is like, how do we bridge those gaps? And I think it, it definitely speaks to that first finding your voice, but then amplifying voices. Like, let's keep talking about it because nobody is going to, to, nothing's going to be fixed unless we do. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like the point. I want to, I want to add one other level in there. So we've got finding, maintaining and amplifying. So I love yeah. that you you added the amplification. And I think the maintaining kind of goes back to, to Katie's. Yeah, definitely. Circle of genius. As I keep hearing the word circle of genius like all the time. So I think I'm just going to start using that too, because that's, we all have the thing that we, we love that we will jump on multiple uh, soapboxes to speak about. But finding that that thing that you love, but not just finding the voice, maintaining, and then the amplification. So how do people do that? Lauren, do you want to start? How, how you... do people maintain? Or... Well, well let, let's, we're going to go backwards and forwards. So let's go with the amplify. Okay. And then we can dial back. Well, so... so... And I I can only speak to like the tactics that I engage in, but one of the really, really important things that Innovator does is we we do amplify the the work of our our members, Um, you know, and and we actually deliberately cultivate a pretty deep digital footprint in order in order to do that, because, you know, Startup Hustle every Every week, I get to tell the story of innovators to a an audience of thousands, you know, And, and so that we have found that a lot of our success as Innovator KC has come from the fact that we are putting the focus on our members and we are asking them for their opinions as we develop new programs and we are sharing their stories with the outside world. You know, everybody, I think, talks, people talk a lot about mentorship um, in, in the business world, but we talk an awful lot about championship. How do you get people to talk about you when you're not in the room? And so, and how do we remove barriers to that kind of opportunity? And so every day we are actioning and trying to figure out how do we uplift others' voices? Um, and then weirdly enough, it becomes a self-perpetuating system where, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. As we amplify others, we are amplified. It's just, it's really interesting. It's like this little microcosm of sociology to watch uh, in community building. It's really fun. (laughs) I love that you said championship. So mentorship is good, but the championship, you know, lifting, I I do toot your horn Thursday on Thursday on my write on online group for that exact reason, you know, share your wins and let others get excited for you. Yeah. So not just about you, but about everybody cheering you on, there's energy from that. Yeah. And how do you create advocates for what you're doing? Like anybody can create a customer, anybody can create a friend, but how do you create the kind of brand advocates who will go to bat for you and use your voice or use their voice on your behalf? Right. Ooh. So do you have that answer? How do you create advocates who use their voice on your behalf? I mean, I, I do. I, I do. I mean, it's it's all about relationship building. Um, I'm pretty sure that all all three of you ladies and probably most of the folks at home have LinkedIn profiles. And I am sure that you get those emails all the time where it's somebody reaching out to you and saying, hey, buy my product. And it's like, you didn't even take the opportunity. You don't know the first thing about what I do because there are three different errors in your ass. You know, and so so like getting those, it feels impersonal, right? 
So what you want to do is the antithesis of that. How do you make business personal? How do you engender trust as Lauren Conaway or Bobby or Katie or Deborah, and then in turn create trust in your brand? Uh, you just you just have to be really strong and authentic and who you are. Share of that and listen to the other person, listen to your customers, listen to your friends and fans when they're giving you feedback. And you build this like really beautiful symbiotic relationship that just, it, again, it creates success. It creates the kind of people who are in your corner. Sue Ann, yeah, start with hello. All right. <laughs> but then what's next? You know, creating that relationship that will bring not just fans, but people who are in your corner and will champion you when you are not there. And I would do that for any of you, Deb, Katie, Bobby, like I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your brand champion now. <laughs> this is why I love doing this show. Exactly. <laughs> We're all making friends today. We're all finding allies. And uh, what I will say to, to you all and those who are, whether you are watching us live or the replay or listening to this as an episode of the Deb show podcast, if you go to uh, thedebshow.com or thedebmethod.com slash blog, you'll find the recaps and the links and be able to connect with, with all of us because that's what it's all about. Finding your people, amplifying them, and also that, that authenticity to really care. So Katie, what about you? What, what do you think is the key to amplifying and or creating advocates for yourself? Um, well, I have a very different answer <laughs> for That's what I amplification. <laughs> um, amplification is a whole lot of what I teach about. There are very uh, dangerous, and this is very technical, but in the in terms of the, how the voice is concerned, um, amplification in terms of making more sound, being bigger, being louder. There are very dangerous ways to do that, and there are very safe ways to do that. Um, and so one of the things that I do is I help educate um, people using their voices how to know the dangerous ways and how to make sure that they're staying away from the dangerous ways so that they can be louder, be fuller. I always tell my singers, you want to be able to sing as long and as loud as you want every single day of the week. Um, and it's the same with speakers. You want to be able to speak eight hours a day, seven days a week without any kind of problem. I mean, obviously give yourself a break because you want one, but not because you have to. And to me, that's a lot about what my version of amplification is. It's learning how to make sound as uh, in, a, in the healthiest way possible. That's full because then when you get to the more figurative side of your voice, you're able to amplify whatever that message is that you have longer more consistently because you are doing it correctly in a healthy way. Do you have an example of something people could do to be healthier with their voices? She's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess the question was, can you pick one or is it like picking your favorite? Um, I can, but I will tell, I'll just tell you that you're all going to feel silly, but you get to be my guinea pigs if we're going to do this. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> when you make sound a healthy way in order, especially in the amplification sort of way, um, a lot of times you hear people saying you want to make sure that there's a lot of space inside your mouth. No, 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 no. Don't ever do that unless you are singing opera. <laughs> so if you are, in other words, if you're speaking like, Oh, 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 like that, like that's going to you know, wear you out. And a lot of times people, when they're on a stage, they naturally think I'm going to speak in this big booming. Oh, and that's really terrible for you. Um, so we're going to take it as far the other direction as possible so that you always know that you're doing it correctly. So what we're going to do is we're going to scrunch up our noses like we're about three years old and we're mad. And we're going to say, we're going to pretend like someone took something from us and ran far away. And we're going to say, hey, like in your calling voice, go for it. <laughs> hey. hey. Yes. Good. So that is, that is how we stay in that place. So the difference between going, hey, versus going, hey. 
Hey! Right? You want to be in that first one, that, hey! And we obviously, we're going to back off the nose scrunch once you know that you know that you know that you're doing it up here and not back here. Back here is dangerous. And unfortunately, because of the classical singing as well as the classical speaking techniques, uh, which require to, a lot of space in the back. A lot of people have adapted it to everything else, and that's where the danger comes. So, Katie, okay, so, I have to tell you really quickly. So, I am actually back at back in way back in the day. <laughs> I was a, a classically trained singer, and so as you're talking, I'm like, first of all, oh, memories. <laughs> and also, I just want to thank you for the work that you do because a stressed instrument is a dangerous instrument for the absolutely. Singer. And I just, I love what you do. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Up. Sorry. <laughs> talking and I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> they from themselves. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's, you're so correct. Um, a stressed instrument is definitely uh, a, one that is in danger and stress can come in a lot of ways. It's not, you know, regular stress that we're all familiar with. But a lot of times, you know, we were talking about public speaking and, you know, public speaking is the number one fear in the world. And when people get nervous, they breathe in a way that creates a trauma response in their body. And that creates more stress, which can cause all kinds of vocal problems. So sometimes even just the fear alone can. <laughs> it's funny. So don't be afraid. Don't make big sounds, make little sounds. No, just big. learn how to do it correctly so that you can make as whatever sound you want and learn how to relax so that when you are on a stage, when you are in either on a stage or in front of a room of people that you have to say something important to, or if you're singing or you're acting, making sure that you know how to relax your body so that you can minimize the stress response, make sure you're aware of the different things that happen in your body and how to make sure that you are staying healthy when you're making sounds so that you don't create more of a problem. That This is just really fascinating and <laughs> so cool. And I, I just think about, because I, I don't sing now. I did my stint. I did chorus, you know, grade school, high school. And then in college, I, I traded singing for competitive public speaking, which is, you know, way more up my alley, but it's all comes to, you have to protect your physical voice yes. in order to be able to amplify what it is you have to say. Absolutely. So we have that all tying in together. So Bobby, what are your thoughts as the amplifier of voices? <laughs> so it's interesting. I really started very early in my career, you know, professional public relations person. So part of my job for that was actually helping people amplify their stories and tell their stories and get them out through the media. And then social media came along and was like, oh, I no longer have to go through all those gatekeepers who were deciding whether my story was good enough or interesting enough or appropriate for their audiences. I could tell my own story, which is how I started working with Innovation Nights. So Innovation Nights was created as a social media powered event. The idea was we would use social media. We would create a community. I was hearing Lauren say community, community, community. And using that community and connecting that community to the entrepreneurs allowed us to drive anywhere between two and three million views a month over more than a decade. And we helped launch more than 1,500 new products that got more than $4 billion in funding. Woohoo, right? So that is what used to get me all of those invitations to all of those events where people are like, Bobby, bring that little iPhone of yours and live tweet my event help amplify my event. And that's where I walk in the door and start noticing, hey, we've got a problem here. So when I started Innovation Women, one of the very focused benefits and offers that I decided had to be incorporated with Innovation Women was amplification. When our speakers speak, 
We amplify it. We help promote it. We have a newsletter. We have a large social media presence. We have a blog. We have a website. And the goal there was help promote the women who are standing on stage. But oh, by the way, help promote the events that are making it possible for these women to stand on stage. So it's everybody wins. And I think that's really key for if you're doing anything with a community, everybody has to win. You can't have a situation where some people are giving and other people are taking all the time. Everybody has to benefit from the amplification of one group or another. That's right. I, I love the backstory. Um, in, in a community, but really in this great big community we're all in right now, we're constantly looking for the win-wins. And when, when people, and and again, I put these groups together, usually on instinct, or I, I like to pair people up. Did I know Lauren was a singer and what Katie was, would directly speak to her? (laughs) That would be no. Or the universe just told me. <laughs> it, it's to balance out the fact that people would pay to not hear me sing. Oh, <laughs> they would pay to not hear me sing too. Karaoke challenge, Bobby. I feel like you know, next time I'm with you. Challenge, we, have a, we have a date. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I need proof. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easily delivered. I, I have to admit, though, I worked in radio for many years. I and, hear that. You know, a lot of people are like, I feel you have like an NPR sound. And I'm like, yes, yes, there is a little bit of that radio background. I can still remember my first call sign and, you know, all that good stuff. But the singing part, nope. But I will say that in radio, your voice is your instrument. Absolutely. And if you cannot speak, you are in serious trouble. Absolutely. And I hear that in your voice. You have such a, you have excellent technique. The moment you first spoke, I was like, oh, she's, she knows what she's doing. (laughs) I do a lot of speaking and, you know, at the same time, it's my job to get other speakers on stage. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily about me speaking, except as someone who is uh, helping to encourage others to do it. I was a very nervous speaker. And when I started Innovation Nights, it became a situation where, oh God, I'm going to have to speak. And the more practice I got, the better I got, the more comfortable I got. There is very uh, prolific photographic evidence of the absolute hot mess I was that first night. You know, and quite literally, I was just, I'd sweated through my, my shirt and I, thank God I was wearing a jacket to hide the worst of it, but not happy. And I think it probably showed, but I've gotten better. Well, I think this is a great time to share Keith's compliment, which was Bobby did the best implementation of busting gatekeepers and using social media to grow awareness of businesses, amplification. Innovation Women was the next natural, exciting step. And obviously, that's what led me to you. So I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> and, and it's almost like you kind of know that it's mostly men who speak. But once it's pointed out to you, I know this. I see every event through a different lens since you and I became friends because it is so obvious. And I get a little bit cranky when I the channeling Bobby, I get cranky when I see um, no balance in events. So Deb, Bobby, like what you're telling me and what we are in fact telling the audience tonight is avoid the dreaded mantle. That's what those are called. (laughs) Yep. The all male, all pale, and usually all stale because it's the same four old white guys. Oh, Oh, preaching to the choir. (laughs) Wasn't there, this is the other thing that gets me cranky. When I see men coaching women become, and and this, I saw the first case of this maybe five or six years ago, a man built his entire business on coaching 
women to speak or something ridiculous. And probably this business exists in multiple formats. But seriously, what is up with that? I do think that we need to be welcoming to men wherever they can help. We need to have, Mm -hmm. and I will, I've come at this from probably a very strange place considering what I do. Before I started Innovation Women, I don't think I had ever been to a woman-only event, ever. And so I was kind of living in the tech world. I worked for big enterprise software companies. And it wasn't until I really started kind of going to a lot of the events that it hit me over the head like a baseball bat that there were no women on stage. And I was like, oh, I've worked in this industry for 20 years and not really been that aware. And I think some of it has to do with the fact that I was working in a space where I was accepted, I was supported by men and women. And I just like, okay, things are cool. Everything's good. And I didn't see it as much as a as a as a place where women were not welcome. It was just, they didn't appear. And it took a long time for me to kind of become more aware. And I do still welcome the, the assistance of men. I still work with a lot of men. Uh, my investor is a man who only invests in women-owned companies. He says it's for business reasons. He says the women-owned companies are, you know, much better, better managed. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I, I find interesting about this question. Um, so, so the Pew Research Center, they released a study a while back. I mean, I think it's been a couple of years now. But um, it, it, in this study, they found that 60% of male managers felt uncomfortable having a woman as a protege. And, and it was because of the hashtag Me Too movement and, you know, fears that they had about being seen as, as giving preferential treatment to subordinate women. And, but but here, here's the issue with that. You know, if we are slowly making gains in the C-suite... <laughs> We we have a limited pool of mentors from which to, to gather. And so if you consider the fact that, what is it, 25% of Fortune 500 companies have women in the, in, in the C-suite, it's something like that. Um, when you consider that, you have a slowly diminishing pool of potential mentors for women who are up and coming. And so I have had I have had to do a lot of like really intentional thought around, does this person understand my experience as well as a woman would? Probably not. But can they help me achieve my career goals? And are they ready to champion me and be a co-conspirator? Yeah. So so I guess I don't I don't so much, you know, like somebody vocally coaching me or helping me learn how to speak. Yeah. Bring it on guys. Like reach out and be like, Hey, I'd love to, you know, talk to you about this or offer you support. Um, I think it's when somebody tries to tell me of my own experience where I have the problem. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's when you get into like mansplaining. But the fact is some of my greatest mentors and teachers have been men, you know, they were happy to, to help me along my way. So I I don't have a, I don't have much of a problem with that. Yeah. And I have mentors that are men. I have mentors who are women. I coach, you know, and help some men and I coach and help some women. Um, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that I'm blind to gender, which I get told (laughs) is a, um, that's actually a, a, uh, excuse that I hear from some event managers we just pick the best speakers, no matter if it's men, women, whatever, pink elephants, they don't care. No, that's not how you build a stage show. That's not how you build who is going to be on stage representing at your event. Right. Because you need to have examples on stage. We can't be what we can't see. You need to make sure that everyone in the audience feels represented, that their point of view is heard. And oh, by the way, the male pale stale panels, well, 
why God do we want to have like people up on the stage going, yes, I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you too. And I agree with you. We need different perspectives to have a fully rounded conversation. Sure. Well, and Bobby, I think you made the point earlier. I think this is, again, it's kind of that, that sociological piece. But there are so many people who, when they are looking for speakers or looking to advance careers or looking to hire, they're they're just pulling from their networks. Like it's a very natural thing to do. This is the low hanging fruit. This is easy. I can reach out. Hey, you know, talk to people I know who know people I know and see what they know. And and, and so it it's natural. But there are so many ways in which you can you can reach out to communities of people who don't look, think, and act like you in order to bridge that gap and to intentionally create that diverse representation of thought. Right. And I think that that's that's what it really boils down to. So like Innovate Her, we have the the diverse speaker directory. We have, I think, almost 80 individuals now have raised their hand and said, I would be interested in speaking around town. And periodically, we just send that list to like chambers of commerce and rotary clubs and things like that, because we're trying to bridge those networks, like create wider networks by bridging those gaps. Right. And that's really what what you're talking about, Bobby, like being intentional in how you reach out and cultivate speakers. Right. How you build how you build a conversation. And by the way, it's not just male, female. It's not about skin color. There's so many different ways to make a diverse panel. Um, You know, when I talk to conference organizers, I did some coaching for the National Association of Broadcasters. You know, one of the, the issues they have is they have 20 different organizations that are building the content at their event, which means nobody owns it. Nobody is the top arbiter of who gets on stage. They all have their little piece and nobody's working, worrying about the overall diversity. We talked about everything from, are your speakers urban or rural? Are your speakers covering the different diverse political viewpoints? Are your speakers differently abled? You know, there's so many different kinds of diversity. We just have to be inclusive and open to all of them. Katie, I know this is not, uh, perhaps not directly your area, but do you have thoughts on on this? Um, I, I think the only connection that I'm making in my industry is, um, you know, I got my start in theater. And right now there's a big, huge movement to have this kind of inclusion and diversity on stage. Uh, because, for example, um, you see what I look like. I'm very pale and blonde and I have blue eyes. And I was once cast as a Latina woman in a musical. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) No, if you think that I'm the best person for that role, then I don't want to work there. And this was Was West Side Story. It sure was. (laughs) This was 20 years ago, 22 years ago. And I said, Absolutely not. Like I just lost respect for them immediately. But that is the kind of stuff that um, people that do look like me are being asked to do things like that when we are miscast that way to champion for people that are uh, that actually do look the way that there's that that role looks and instead of, you know, and telling the casting directors, no, you (laughs) pick someone that actually looks the way that you need them to look instead of, you know, they were, they were telling me, they're like, Oh, well, we'll put a wig on you. And I was like, you no, (laughs) no, absolutely not. Um, But that is definitely a big, huge thing in the, in the acting world right now. And it's, it's causing a stir in lots of different directions because the people who do look like me that have basically had every role available to them, since the beginning of time are feeling like, Oh, well now that I have less opportunity. And I said, yes, but look at what the benefit is because all those other people that were just as qualified as you, now they have a voice. Now they have an opportunity. Um, So I'm seeing that I, I do a lot of coaching with people either because they're finally getting a chance or because they are 
learning how to graciously understand that it didn't go to them um, and it shouldn't have. <laughs> um, so helping people, helping people learn how to turn things down that don't belong to them and helping them to see that it's going to be a better experience for everyone when we are able to, you know, support theaters that are making these decisions rather than continuing the, uh, the pale. <laughs> I'll take that word. Is, you know what I think is really cool. I just, I'm, I want to draw a parallel really quickly. So like Katie, your job is about people helping to people find their literal voice. Right. Mm -hmm. But you just, you, in that story, you use your metaphorical voice and you, you know, by, by saying no, by saying, Hey, you know, like that had to have been a very difficult conversation to have. Like if you're talking to a casting director and you say, no, like, are you sacrificing future roles? Are you, you know, burning a bridge or, you know, what have you, and you did it anyway. And so you used, you used yeah. your voice quite strongly, uh, <laughs> but your, but your metaphoric one. <laughs> yeah. And I, this is a, Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I think this is an example that I I give clients, which is, you know, any theater that thinks that's okay is is not someone you want to work for anyway. If you are, if you're asking them, if they're asking you, well, first of all, you know, I said that we we start with identity, with who we are, and really getting clear about that. It's not just that they're asking you to step in the role of something that you don't belong. They're asking you to basically deny who you are instead of giving someone who actually is that person an opportunity. Um, and that's kind of how I approach it now. But back then I was, you know, this, this wasn't a, a conversation 20 plus years ago as much as it is now, but I saw it as a mark of lack of professionalism and desperation uh, rather than, and I totally understand the the idea of yeah, it is. It can be very hard, you know, if you're if you're cast in something that's a, a big deal kind of thing, <laughs> and you turn it down because it should go to someone else. Um, that yes, that can be a very very difficult thing. My personal experience was not that, um, <laughs> it, but it was. I mean, it was a it would have been a, a great role to play, except that I am not ever going to play her. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. So I was trying to paraphrase, you know, just for my notes for the recap and, and really this is what I got. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, it starts with identity. You know, when you know who you are and what you have to offer the world, which is relevant to you, Katie, but also to what Bobby and Lauren and just about anybody does know thyself, know, know the, who you are and be around people who will support that. And stay away from people who try to put you in an uncomfortable position of assuming someone else's identity. Yeah, I think also to go back to another word that you that we've all been using. Um, in my opinion, you start with identities and then we amplify it because when you know who you are, it gives you the ability to amplify who you are, so that people see who you are and they're able to understand you and relate to you much better. That's amazing. I love it. Okay, where are my gold stars? Seriously, I'll get them. <laughs> That's funny. But, but it goes back to the, so so who are you? The D and the Deb method is determine your mission. When you know who you are and what you are about, you can build from there. When you don't know, you, you falter or you chase someone else's dreams and you say, oh, how'd I end up here? Oh, wait, I didn't do the legwork. So I think that's, if you don't know who you are, but if you're listening to this, you probably are and you're just looking for ways to make yourself better. But if you don't, take that step back and, and truly find your voice because once you have that, then you can fly. So this is like my favorite part. Well, they're all my favorite parts, but what I would love for you all to do is to gift a goal to those who are either watching live or the replay or listening to the podcast, something that they can do today, tomorrow to either find, maintain, or amplify their voice, a uh, guest choice, or you could come up with a goal that 
that encompasses all three. So who wants to go first or should I pick? Bobby wants to go first, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just got voluntold, Bobby. Ah. <laughs> sometimes people are like, That's all right. me, me, me. I got, I'm good, I'm good. All right. My goal for all of you is to say yes to public speaking. And what I'm talking about here is <laughs> say yes when you're asked, but also say yes to actually doing the work to get yourself there. I'm good. Well, I, I like that, but I would love you to go into a little bit more detail about what that means. So I'm okay. all about say yes to public speaking. If I can talk, I'm there. I love writing. I really, really love talking. So what what is that, that level of detail to yeah, get there? And I think for a lot of people, when they start to think about public speaking, they immediately envision themselves standing on stage by themselves giving a keynote, right? Okay, reality is you are not going to vault immediately into a keynote role. Start small, take little steps, figure it out. I usually uh, ask people, you know, if you are at all nervous about public speaking, let's start you with just asking a question from the audience. Number one, you are talking to the exact same audience that the speakers on stage are speaking to, right? You are standing up, you're walking up to a microphone, it's probably in the audience or you're popping something into the Zoom chat. That's how we all live these days. And you are saying your name, you're introducing your company name, and you are saying your question. Uh, and that question should obviously reflect well on yourself, not, I have no idea what you people are talking about. Please educate me. No, you're going to add something to the conversation. So you're demonstrating your competence, you're demonstrating your confidence, and you're telling people, I am comfortable standing up and speaking to all of you. Not only that, but you are every speaker's best friend, because there is nothing more miserable then getting finished with your talk and saying, Do, are there any questions? And you hear crickets. So you have just become the speaker's best friend. I do that all the time. I always feel so bad if there aren't questions. And I always have one for that exact reason. Even, even if I'm off camera, um, which sometimes, because some Zoom calls are early, like really early, but I still want to be on them. And Maybe one day I'll show up at your 6 a.m. Zoom, but don't count on it. <laughs> um, but even if I, it's unmiking because I always feel like I wouldn't want it to be me. And, and I love, well, I love that level of detail. It's a perfect way to dip your toe into speaking. So thank you for that, Bobby. Absolutely. Lauren. Oh no, Katie! Katie, yeah, you want to go? Like, the least for last, everybody. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Also, I I think that it's a little dip into advocacy as well. I mean, you're you're stepping up to the you step up to the mic like that. You're allowing that other person, like you said, becoming their best friend. You're allowing their message to be important and to be interesting enough to ask questions. And I think that's a, a version of advocacy. Just to Talk about what you were saying. Anyway. Great point. So now it's your goal time. <laughs> yes. Um, I would say uh, if you use your voice in any larger capacity than just having conversations like a, other regular people, uh, that my goal for you would be to prioritize learning how to take care of your voice so that you can do more with it. A lot of people think that taking care of your voice means limiting what your voice can do by, you know, turning it off or things, but it's totally the opposite. When you learn what's possible for your voice and how to take care of it, you, you open yourself up to being able to do more. So I would say prioritize learning how to take care of it in a way that allows you to do more. So in addition to the scrunchy nose speaking exercise, can you share an easy tip for taking better care? What's something simple people can do to take better care of their voice? Yeah, actually, I, I'm going to be pointing them to a whole series of things 
If you want me to do that now, I can. Um, sure. Why not? But can you give us a highlight? Yeah. I mean, there's a, it's a, it gets very technical, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, the three major things that are required are, um, what I call foundation placement and shape and foundation is re- applies to absolutely anything that you do, making sure that you know how to do the basic things like breathing properly in a way that's not going to create a trauma response and supporting your sound, which is something that is going to make sure that you have longevity, that you have enough air to get through the end of your thought, that you um, are making more power in your sound without having to strain from here, um, and that you're able to have control over what happens when you make sound. That's all part of foundation. And then um, when you get into placement, that gets into this, making sure that you're placing your sound where it needs to be placed rather than just doing default, whatever you think comes out, being intentional about where you place your sound. And then the shape, when you make louder sounds or higher sounds, your mouth needs to take on a certain shape depending on where you're placing it. And so learning all of that together um, it, those are the three major keys to, uh, figuring out how to be able to be superhuman with your voice. Okay. That is awesome. And I was able to encapsulate that and we will, we will link to your resource. Let's do Lauren's goal. And then yeah. I'm going to ask everybody where they can find you. And then that would be the perfect time to share that information. Lauren, what Lauren, what is your goal? Uh, so, well, so thus far we have had the tactical, we have had the strategic, and I am now going to go for the metaphorical uh, tip of the day. And so, so I think what mine is, is I, do a self-inventory. Um, so authenticity starts with first know thyself. Um, and so, you know, I, I periodically, what I, I like to sit down and think like, what are my values? And Deb, I know that in the Deb method, like you want people to find their miss- mission statement, but figure out what makes you tick, what makes you new- unique. Um, are you acting with integrity? Like are, are the things you're saying matching up with the things that you're doing? But take a really strong and contemplative and self-critical self-assessment. Uh, figure out where you're at and where you want to go. But then implement that in, in, in using your voice, because people are going to be much more drawn to excited and in, in it, there's going to be more trust in your message. If it's true, if it's, it's coming, not just of who you are, but through who you are. And so, so yeah, so my, my woo woo, you know, brain meditation tip is periodically think about who you are. Uh, and, and what that means for your voice, whether that be tactical or strategic, or you're doing all the speaking gigs, or you're up on stage singing karaoke. What does that mean for you, you using your voice? There you go. I love it. And I love how that ties really everything together um, beautifully. So no wonder you wanted to go last. I feel like oh, I sure did. Yeah, I I I was really just waiting to to hear from the two phenoms below me. Like I was just like, I want to. What they're going to say is really good. Maybe I can piggyback off of it. <laughs> and I was right. I think you are all amazing, and it really is the the metaphorical, the literal, the physical, the using your voice to share your story to help others to make the world a better place. But it starts from that authentic you because it's sort of like speaking. If you're not enjoying it or if you're enjoying it, it shows. If you're not enjoying it, it really, really shows. So with whatever you do, you should be loving that because that's what's going to emanate from you and all that you do. So I agree with all of the brilliance here. So tell me, friends, where can people find you? Lauren? Uh, I am I am super easy to find. I am definitely an oversharer on social media, but you can find uh, Innovate Her KC. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or it, uh, it URL is innovateherkc.com. Um, if you'd ever like to have 
you know, a virtual coffee or something like that, feel free to shoot me an email. Hello at innovatehercase.com. Um, but yeah, I mean, you Google and you'll find innovator anywhere. We're, we're in all of the standard places. Awesome. And amazing. And Katie, where can people find you? Yeah, there are a lot of different places you can find me. Um, my website, singwithoutlimits.com is going to be probably the, the best place to go. Um, and on Sing Without Limits, I have a tab that says free resources, and it's chock full of various free things that you can take advantage of to get started on this path. And the very first thing is my power type quiz, which shows you, which helps you figure out your identity. Um, it's a great starting point. Um, the other place that I highly recommend if you're looking for something more technical and how to, um, I'm on TikTok. And Katie Power is probably the best place. There's a whole lot of great stuff. We'll, you'll even see that exercise that we did today in here with our scrunchy toddler noses. Um, so I'm Katie Power on TikTok. I'm Katie Power just about everywhere except YouTube and Instagram where I'm Sing Without Limits. So Awesome. I love it. And Bobby, where can people find you? I just have to comment. I recently joined TikTok mostly for the baby goats. Now I have another reason. <laughs> yes! There are baby goats on TikTok. I, I was like, you guys could have gotten me here years ago if you told me baby goats. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I have the screaming goat too. Where is it? I, I can't get... ask because I love goats. <laughs> Yes. All right. Enough of the the, uh, distraction here. You can find me at innovationwomen.com. I'm very easy to find and very Googleable. Although I did recently discover I have a male doppelganger, but he spells his name with a B-O-B-B-Y. So just spell my name right. You will find me. Really? Oh, that's so funny. Oh my God. We had the best time. We're both on like a South by Southwest committee. It's just really scary that no one said anything because we've both been on this committee for multiple years and the organizers never said, you know, there are two Bobby Carlton's on this committee. No, nobody ever told us. (laughs) That is hilarious. We had the best time having a conversation and somebody's like, well, who kicked off the meeting? I'm like, Bobby Carlton did obviously. Well, and I, I love the fact that you actually seem to get along because it would be really, truly terrible if you didn't. You'd be like, oh, that so Bobby true. Carlton sucks. Love that you get along. <laughs> and, and, and we did get a, a comment, love baby goats. So baby goats for the win. <laughs> How can you not? <laughs> I honestly I, never thought about it before. So um, <laughs> I, one year at South by Southwest, we're going to come to Kansas City, and yeah. you and me, we're going to go on a little baby goat tour. And you, will I, I like will tell idea. you that I love Kansas City. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where the is everybody? The, the, oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm good. A, I'm just outside of Boston. Okay, I'm in Vegas. Nice. And I'm, I'm a right Midwestern transplant <laughs> to LA. So I I like to think I'm from the Midwest. But I live here, so best of both worlds. Well, I'm from the Midwest too. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I am from. Do we have this conversation? I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm from. Maybe Adam we Park. did. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. I have. I've actually got a class waiting for me. Okay. Well, <laughs> let, let let us, <laughs> well, I uh, thank you for <laughs> thank you for telling me. Yes, we. I did say we try and keep it under an hour, and sometimes we fail. Um. <laughs> Bobby, do you you have (laughs) one final tip you would like to share before we we go? Oh, tell your friends about Innovation Women. My goal is to actually get 10,000 women on Innovation Women. And if an event manager comes to Innovation Women, doesn't find what they need, I die a little inside. So help me out. Excellent. Uh, Final tip, Lauren. Uh, well, first off, uh, tip just straight to Bobby. I'm going to be reaching out. We're going to be chatting about some stuff. Just, you know, just say it. Uh, final tip, finding your voice. Um, don't be don't be scared. Embrace discomfort. Learn. Uh, I don't know. That's one of my favorites. Um, discomfort is often where the learning happens. So that's kind of one of my life 
principles. Fantastic. And Katie, final thought, final tip. Yeah, I would say whether it's technical, whether it is uh, metaphorical, whether it is strategic, trust yourself more than you trust the noise. Ooh, that was Fantastic. good. <laughs> well, this has been fabulous. I have to thank you all again so much for joining me, Lauren, Bobby, and Katie. Uh, and if you want to grab the Gold Chat Recaps, you can go to thedevmethod.com slash blog. I am at the Dev Method everywhere. And if you need some help on your goals, go to thedevmethod.com slash goals. Um, and oh, and if you need a handy dandy guide to figuring out what you want and how to get it, you can grab your copy of your goal guide on Amazon or your favorite place to buy books. But the most important thing is no matter who you are, where you're at in life, embrace your goals, embrace your voice. And just remember, you can do it. We're rooting for you. So go on out there, go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.